0: Welcome to another bubble, the Western Bubble. My name is Dario and I'm here with Balder. If you don't know who we are, please listen to our regular episodes as this is one of our extra episodes where we pick items from the news that simply scream Western Bubble. In these segments, we give some quick comment on how we interpret these events. Today, we will talk about Putin being served by the International Criminal Court. Balder, why are we talking about this today?
1: Hello, Dario. Well, issuing a... Arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin by the ICC is just one of those almost perfect examples of where the Western bubble goes horribly wrong. It um, has a real, real problem in understanding that international law is not actually law. Um, the, in the Western bubble, we equate international law with some kind of objective mechanism. It is not. Then it very clearly exposes the ICC for its political leanings here, its sort of pro-Western approach to international relations because this is very much politics and not law and um then at the end there's also almost a laughable hypocrisy of joe biden and other western leaders who welcome this decision by the icc and we will talk about why that actually doesn't make any sense from a u.s perspective
0: yeah that's And then, let's start with the first point, I mean, what is the ICC? So it's the International Criminal Court, it was established in uh, 2002, but it was brought to life in 1998 with the Statue of Rome, and I mean, I wasn't alive back then, but but you were, Um, maybe kind of quickly tell me, what was the overall feeling of the world at that time? Like, was the world excited or rather disappointed?
1: These were the the glorious 1990s, right, where the West had believed that they had figured out history and that everyone was going to be like the West. This was also the time of uh, the genocide in Rwanda and the significant violence in the the former Yugoslav republics, the collapse of Yugoslavia into Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia. And um, therefore, there was this idea that we needed to set up a system in which we could evaluate, prosecute, and war criminals uh, to avoid such disasters as Rwanda or the violence in uh, the Balkans happening in the future. And there is a clear case to be made in favor of that idea. The idea that if a country, for example, is politically fragile and would actually like to outsource its legal um, systems, its... uh, Prosecution of certain war criminals to the international community—that is great. That's a really good idea because that would allow you to not face the internal political consequences and basically say, "Look, this is a a globally supported framework. Uh, this is not a political reckoning." And this is exactly what happened in Sierra Leone, where there was cooperation between the state of Sierra Leone, the United Nations, and eventually the ICC. And uh, to some extent, this also happened with the Yugoslav republics uh, uh, from former Yugoslavia. Um, There's nothing wrong with countries working together in that sense, right? Uh, The problem, of course, is that when it got set up, it was set up as if it's some kind of objective court of law rather than a political instrument. And there you have to be a little bit careful.
0: Exactly, because it is not court of law in the sense that we might think of it as as our domestic law so there's not one world police that can you know take a bad guy and then bring him to the court and then whatever the court rules um, they have to adhere to it no it's like it's basically on voluntary basis
1: That's exactly right. So when we when the average person in Berlin or in Madrid or in Washington hears about law, hears the word law, they automatically think of a system where there's clearly established rules through a constitution or through common law. Then there's a clearly established legal system with the judge, and then there's a clearly established police force that takes the criminals in front of the judge, and then the prosecution and the judgment happen. That is not the reality of international law international law is essentially a set of agreements between countries and there are incentives for those countries to adhere to those agreements because you can be punished if you don't follow those agreements especially if you're a relatively small country Uh, large countries break international law all the time small countries have to be a bit more careful because there will be repercussions but you could you you could um Compare this to a situation where a group of friends have a set of rules about if you want to be part of our group of friends, this is what you want to do, this is what you need to do, and if you break the rules, we're going to punish you. And if you really don't want to be punished and you don't want to follow the rules, then you have to step out of the group of friends and you're no longer part of us. That's the same with international law and countries. Countries, if they follow the rules. Everything is good. If they break the rules, they get punished by the international community. But they always, in a Westphalian system, have also the option to
0: step away from it all. And then, as in every group of friends, you also have the uh, big, strong guy—you know, a bit of a bully—who is part of the group of friends, but nobody's. <laughs> exactly. Everyone is scared to tell him we don't like you. And there's, you know, the son of the super-rich dad who is just buying his way through. Because, as I said, not all countries are signatories to the Statues of Rome, um, and some of the very big countries, you know, the rich kid, maybe someone is referring to the United States or China here, or the big bully, as, as some might refer to Russia, um, they, they haven't signed the Statues of Rome, so uh, it doesn't really apply to them. They, from all from day one, said, oh, we, we're not a big fan of this idea.
1: No, and, and not just that they didn't sign it, or they didn't ratify it, as in the international law, there's two, two steps, right? A leader head of state signs a treaty and then the parliament or local mechanisms have to ratify it in the case of the united states for example it's not just that they never signed it let alone ratify it but they actively criticized the establishment of the icc they actively criticized the idea of the international community coming together to help deal with war crimes okay that's fine we live in a western world countries are allowed to criticize international relations no problem there but then please don't appeal to it later on if you've been actively trying to block the whole procedure behind it.
0: Mm. And this is basically what's, what's happening now. Um, one more thing about how it was set up and how it was established, because when I first learned about the ICC, there was already that criticism that especially smaller countries and especially countries on the African continent were very critical of it because they perceived the ICC to be something that exclusively targets them. Because they are too small to actually stand up to it. Um, Because there are political leanings within the ICC. Well,
1: it very clearly is a mechanism. Even though, if you look at its staff, it's a very diverse international staff, international judges. It is at the roots, like all of these kinds of global organizations, it's a Western organization based on Western ideals. And it's very much european western in the sense of european countries believing that they're doing everything correct so it is set up in a way to fit the european model and therefore the uk and france and germany had no problem signing up because they believed hey we follow the rules anyway so we don't mind signing this because it doesn't change anything for us and it obviously targets those countries that don't follow the european western way of behaving the reason why the united states didn't want to sign up was not so much because they felt it was anti-US, but because they understand that the United States is actually very active militarily, and it could lead to problems later on. They wouldn't want a four-star general to be dragged in front of the court in The Hague uh, for something he did in a war in Afghanistan or a war in Iraq. That's why the United States had a problem with it. But it's very clearly a Western mechanism Basically, with the subconscious idea of pulling the rest of the world towards the European or Western way of thinking and behaving.
0: Uh, and this is uh, exactly another one of those problems, is that, you know, there, there seems to be double standards. Uh, because just just the other day, I mean, we obviously, we, we think about these episodes before, we prepare them beforehand. And I sent you an article from from The Guardian that kind of wrote about, oh, multiple civilian deaths linked to 2016-17 British airstrikes against ISIS in Mosul, in Iraq, where during the Western campaign against ISIS, uh, a, th- a thousand, uh, at least, well, a thousand to be confirmed, uh, civilians were killed. And yes, <coughs> while, the, while the United States and the West kind of acknowledged this um, and kind of apologized, that there was never any, any callings into that, you know, from the ICC.
1: So, so look at this contrast. So it's not just that the IC says we are investigating crimes in Ukraine and Russia. We'll talk later about why that actually is problematic in itself. But uh, it's, it's not just that uh, the IC says we're just gathering potential evidence for a potential crime. No, no, they've issued an arrest warrant for the head of state of Russia if they do that towards Russia and they don't even investigate what the United Kingdom does there, or the Netherlands in Havija where they killed 70 civilians, or everything that happened in Afghanistan and Iraq 20 years ago by the United States and the UK, if no investigation takes place against those and no arrest warrants were ever issued and straight away in the middle of the conflict where it's very difficult to have any kind of objective kind of evaluation of what's going on just like the the police and judges don't act when criminals are still shooting at each other they collect the evidence later they they maybe have a camera looking at who's shooting at who but they don't start the investigation until the criminals stop shooting in the war between russia and ukraine there is no way to have a proper clear investigation that is politically neutral and yet they almost leapfrog that investigation and they already issue a arrest warrant for Putin whereas Western nations get continuously a free pass for everything they do
0: I mean especially the Netherlands I simply saying this because the ICC is in The Hague in the Netherlands um, and there's and there's no investigation uh, of it contrary to Russia and Ukraine where um, both haven't ratified the treaty so my, my question here is, Where's the jurisdiction? I mean, we already established that international law is not law, but if neither of those two parties uh, have ratified the agreement, then then where's the basis to all of this?
1: That's the thing. There's absolutely no basis for it. The the, the only basis that they're trying to push, and I'm saying the ICC, but also uh, Western politicians, is that. Ukraine is open and friendly towards the ICC for obvious reasons. Why? Not because Ukraine thinks that it's only the Russians who are doing bad things. I'm sure that Ukraine could be investigated on certain items as well. But Ukraine knows that the ICC will not go after Ukraine because Ukraine is seen as the victim of this Russian aggression. And it is, by the way, before we get angry letters. and therefore, the, uh, Ukraine is very friendly towards the ICC investigating all of this because they know the political background of the ICC. They know the, the pro-Western approach. But if a country is not a signatory, and if a country is acting in another territory where that other state is also not a signatory, then the ICC have, has absolutely no business being there. And this is according to its own rule sets, to its own statutes. It is very, very clear that either you investigate within a signatory's territory, or the actions of someone within another signatory's territory. Neither Ukraine or Russia are signatories, or at least um, they, have, they certainly haven't. Uh, Ukraine hasn't ratified it. Uh, therefore, the ICC has absolutely zero business investigating Putin or,
0: or or Russia in general. So, when this news item broke a week ago. Um a lot of people in my surroundings were very excited. Oh, finally, this is justice is being served. And I, I don't know. I don't like to be the party pooper all the time, but I, I had to tell them this doesn't really have any real life implications. But for the sake of our listeners, I mean, what are the real life in, in, implications of this? Uh, is Putin going to be arrested tomorrow and put on trial in the Hague uh, the day after tomorrow?
1: No, no, obviously not. There. First of all, also, there's no justice being served by issuing such a silly arrest warrant. It just confirms our own internal biases and our own anger against Russia and our own anger against Putin. There's nothing to do with justice. Um, There are no practical implications for Putin at the moment. But in the long term, it once again reinforces this really damaging attitude towards the conflict, right, It's that the West is displaying over and over again because it makes it much harder to find solutions in the long term. Not that Putin has nothing to worry about. He's going to stay in Russia. The only thing he has to worry about is internal coups or a palace coup or a revolution or anything like that within Russia. But from the ICC, he's got nothing to worry about. In that sense, it's just symbolic, but it does mean that there are gonna be issues with Putin traveling in the future. There's gonna be a real problem with Putin. Now, once again, being acknowledged in this idea that the West is out to get him and that global systems are not working very well and that he desperately needs Xi Jinping and China and maybe India to re-establish these global dynamics because currently the West is just completely dominating them. And you know what, he's got a point.
0: And with this point, let's end today's extra episode as an addition to our regular ones. We will be grateful for your feedback to this episode and questions that you can submit to thewesternbubble at gmail.com. Next Wednesday, there will be a new regular episode, this time the second part on democracy.